0: Welcome to From Beer to the Bible with your host Urban Lee. Each week you'll hear stories from Urban's road to sobriety and steps you can take to help you or a loved one find healing through Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, Urban Lee. Good evening and
1: welcome to From Beer to the Bible. This is your host Urban Lee. You can find information about Hampton Ministries at hamptonministries.org. You can find information about the book at frombeer Super excited and happy to be back with everyone. I've got my good friend and special guest, friend of the show, Mary from La Hacienda.
2: Hi, Mary. Hi, Irvin. How are you? Good.
1: I am so much better now that we finally got you on the show. I'm super excited about it. Oh,
2: I'm super excited, too.
1: Well, as we always do, we want to invite the presence of the Lord to bless us. So I'm going to say a prayer, and then after that, we'll get right into it. Okay. Father, we thank you for grace. Father, we thank you so much for your grace and your long-suffering, your protection and your provision that you provide for us moment by moment and day by day. We thank you for being such a great God. So I ask that you bless Mary and her family and the work of her hands today, tomorrow, and forever. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Amen. Mary, so let's get into your role and what you do at La Hacienda.
2: Well, Irvin, I am the Collegiate Program Director.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Okay. And what that involves is adults, 18 to
3: 24.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the the younger group, the yes. failure to launch, so to speak, mm-hmm. Um You know, the um, young adults who are in college, uh, you know, it's that age group where they're still kind of questioning what they want to do when they grow up. And then, you know, somewhere along the line, they get involved with drugs and alcohol Mm -hmm. and either flunk out of school or take another path. And, you know, either their families or, you know, their attorneys, somebody Mm -hmm recommends that they come here okay
1: and then after they so usually the 18 to 24 year olds i think i have read and i have seen and we've discussed it a little bit there seems to be an uptick in the number of those who are suffering from drug and alcohol addiction in that age range, especially because of COVID and other issues. Can you speak to that just a little bit for our viewers?
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I totally agree with you. There really has been an uptake. Uh, COVID didn't help anything. Mm-hmm. You know, people ended up being isolated, mm-hmm. um, you know, to relieve the depression and the anxiety of not being able to get out and about. You know,
3: mm-hmm. they
2: all turned to... um Alcohol and drug abuse, you know, considering that uh, liquor stores were delivering liquor to people's homes, um, you know, why would they leave their home? Mm -hmm. Um, But, yes, we are seeing quite a rise in young adults. Mm -hmm. Um, Drug abuse and and alcoholism, Uh, you know, the kids are, are starting off younger and younger. It's not unusual for them to start experimenting at the age of, you know, thirteen, fifteen years old when they're in high school, right. um, and you know, some of them may go on to to get into college, and then you know, it's just the party scene. Mm-hmm. Um, those that you know don't go into college, you know, they're in the workforce, yes. and they meet other young people, and you know, drugs are just part of our culture these well. days. Mm-hmm. So. You know, uh, they finally just uh, start spiraling down. They lose their jobs. Yeah. Um, you know, they can't take care of themselves.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And somebody intervenes. But the amount of drugs that the young people are using these days is really startling.
1: Yes, it is. It, it
2: really um, truly is. You know, I partook back in my day. But, um, you know, when you hear about the quantity. Mm hmm of drugs that uh, these young people are doing. It's um, it's amazing that they're still alive.
1: I, you know, I worry about them so much, and you know about this phenomenon is now that even with the pills and the heroin, they're lacing them with fentanyl. I mean, yes. That's such a – fentanyl has really changed the game, and I mean that people are trying, you know, heroin, pills, and different things for – the first time in their Odean, right yeah. back when yeah. like you said when we were around you smoked some weed the 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 likelihood of you just dying from that mm-hmm. or you take a pill uh it wasn't as potent as the weed everything to me has went up like 10 levels in the potency and a lot of it is now driven by fentanyl
2: absolutely we have uh, young people coming in saying, I don't even know what I was taking. Mm-hmm. I thought it was, you know, uh, some kind of painkillers yep. off the street, and then their detoxes are just horrible, mm-hmm. and come to find out it was fentanyl. Yeah, yes. And it's by the grace of God that they didn't die.
1: Exactly, because I, 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 the more I learn about it is it only takes a little bit and it's highly addictive, so the drug dealers and stuff are starting to put it on just about everything they make. But if they make a mistake and put a little too much, then you, then you OD. And Absolutely.
2: So, and so, everybody so reacts differently to drugs, right? Yes. Um, whereas, I don't know, let's just say, for instance, you can take a 5-milligram pill, and I, you know, and it does fine for you, and Mm -hmm. I take the same amount, it may make me sleep for a couple days.
3: Yeah, yeah, exactly.
2: And um, you know, unfortunately, we have people that come into treatment, and they even though, you know, we're a great treatment program, we really teach them how to live without the drugs and the alcohol. Mm, There's still that little devil inside their mind that says, but I'm different.
3: Yeah, it
2: does. You know, I'm just going to try (laughs) it One more time. Yeah. And it's so sad when we get calls from the family saying, you know, they didn't make it.
1: Yeah, it, it is. It's, it's so, it's disheartening. And I think the work that you do in that age range that you work with, 18 to 24, the youngest person I ran into during my rehab and then when I was um, getting my counseling was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. And she had already been to seven rehab centers.
2: Seven My God, at 16. At
1: 16. So it, her, her weekends were spent, instead of being a child, were in the rooms getting counseling for drug and alcohol addiction. And I was just, it it floored me. So that's why I really wanted to get you on air so you could talk about it. And I want you to talk about, um, with the 18- to 24-year-olds and your treatment plan, what does that look like? And how does it differ for perhaps someone who, when I got to rehab, I think I was, uh, let's say, mid-40s or so? Mm-hmm. How does the, the, the plan differ? And-
2: well, there there's a lot of difference, say, mm-hmm. between a 20-year-old 20, 20 and a 40-year-old, mm-hmm. you know, just from age and experience. Yeah. Um, our twenty-year-olds typically have not been divorced, mm-hmm. and you know have have children. Even though Irvin, a lot of them have children, yeah, yeah and their children themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know what we what we try to do with our our collegiates is you know talk to them about you know the the importance of having a higher power. Mm. Yeah. You know, recovery is a threefold. Uh, It's threefold, body, Mm -hmm. mind, and spirit.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: And without the belief in a higher power, and that can be God or, you know, the universe, um, you know, something just outside of ourselves, Mm -hmm. um, to believe that, yes, you know, we are here on earth to make a difference. Right. And we're not going to be making any differences if we're incarcerated, mm-hmm. you know, or um, jailed by drugs. Yeah. So, you know, we try to get them sparked up to, mm-hmm. okay, There, you know, there are so many possibilities out there. What were your dream- hopes and dreams when you were younger?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You know, before you kind of went off on the wrong track.
3: Mm, that's good, yeah.
2: And you know, let's just let's just work with that. Mm-hmm. You know, you can be anything you want to be in this life, mm-hmm. as long as you keep that one door closed. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that door is drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. But everything else is possible. Yes. That's, that's, you know that's what that's we found mess. is is that you know alcoholics and addicts are pretty smart people. Yeah. You know, they're very cunning and uh, and just smart. Yeah, so are. if they could just um, put all that smarts into positive energy
3: mm-hmm.
2: instead of sneaking around and lying, mm-hmm. you know, but into bettering themselves and helping others, you know, they can do anything.
1: They, they really truly can, and people always laugh at me, my friends, when I came back and I said, you know, how was rehab? I said, I met some of the smartest, brightest, greatest people I've ever met. They said, are you still drinking? <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I, said, I, said, I said, no, I'm just telling you the truth. And I find that to be so. And the other thing I will say with, I was in rehab with a, a number of people in the, what I would call that 18 to 24 range. And it was true of older people, but I also believe it was especially true of the younger people, meaning trying to reconcile their identity. And for me, it was my identity is in Christ and I cannot attach it to anything else because if I do, it'll let me down. And Mm -hmm. do you see that as one of the barriers for uh, young people getting sober?
2: do. You know, one of the things that really disturbs us is that a lot of these young people are not growing up with any kind of belief system.
3: Mm, yes, yes. You know, so uh, it,
2: it, it's it's simply amazing, but yeah. they come in and they either say they're agnostics or atheists,
3: mm-hmm.
2: That's, yeah, because they haven't that. been given any kind of religious instruction yeah. as they've grown up. And a lot of them do turn around when we start talking to them about, you know, how, you know, God is a being that wants us to be happy, joyous, and free. Mm-hmm. And, you know, He's rooting for us. He's our biggest cheerleader. Yeah. Um, and they start to, you know, hold, grasp onto it and go, ooh, this is good.
3: Yes, yes, You
2: know, I don't have to be a know-it-all and try to manage everything myself.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But then we get, you know, this other group of people, you know, that oh well, I'm 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 a science guy, yes, yeah. you know, and there's no proof that you know <laughs> God exists, and you know it's really uh-huh. just mincing apples and oranges, mm-hmm. you know. Let's let's not even fight that. Yeah. Obviously, somebody's kept you alive. That's right. Somebody got you to treatment. Yeah. And somebody's got big plans for you, but you've got to you know give yourself that that time to just get in touch yeah and i you
1: and i don't want to miss this you you're talking about two and i'm going to just say two words surrender and willingness and how important they are to recovery could you talk to those two words
2: surrender and willingness that is so good uh you know surrender i remember when i was at about two years sober, mm-hmm. I saw a bumper sticker on a car, and it said, Surrender to Win.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And, you know, that's a concept that we use in Alcoholics Anonymous.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But obviously, I wasn't ready to hear that. Yeah. So, you know, it took a couple years, and all mm-hmm. of a sudden, when I saw that bumper sticker, I thought, oh, my gosh, mm-hmm. absolutely, we have to surrender ourselves, Um To God's grace, you know? We just have to surrender to the fact that that alcohol and drugs will destroy us, and that really God has a better plan for us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So when you surrender, you do win. Yes, you do. You do. And you have to have the willingness to be teachable. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes, you know, depending on where we grow up, we kind of get the idea that, you know, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps.
1: Right. Uh, that, that word self-made. Uh,
2: <laughs> self-made. And, you know, we all need help.
1: Yes. We, we
2: all we need to be able to, to learn to reach out to each other and go, you know, I'm having a hard time today. Yeah. You know, and thank thank goodness we're not all having a bad day at the same on the same day.
1: Hey, that's right. <laughs> and and the, the, the other thing uh, while we're here is the importance of fellowship. And it's important for us all who are in recovery or have recovered. But I think even more so for 18 to 24 year olds, because, you know, like I know, that's the age range where most people are out drinking, partying your your life. When I was that age, unfortunately, my life revolved around playing sports, drinking and partying. That was pretty much what you do. So I, I always pray extra hard for those who are in that age range. And their goal is to recover and be sober because so many of the people that they hang around with, right. They say, when you get sober, you got to change people, places, and things. Mm-hmm. Well, that's easily said, but even, you know, I was 45, 46 and I got out of rehab and I'm like, I got, I can't be with my boys. Mm-hmm. And I, I, And I will use the word. I had to grieve that before the yeah. Lord. I had to grieve that because I'm like, Lord, this is all I have known. I've been with these guys forever and now I cannot go hang with them. Mm-hmm. The answer was no. And I grieved it. It took me a while. Um, and, and honestly, when I finally did see them, they were like, we don't know how to relate to the new you.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, you know, over time, the relationship has restored itself, right? They yeah. know I can never have a drink. Don't ever offer me a drink probably don't invite me anywhere where there's drinking. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so I set up the boundaries, they respect the boundaries and now we're, we're, we're friends again, but in a different way on a higher level in a higher plane. Right. That Absolutely. helps me to be sober. So I know that is a challenge, right. For a lot of the young people that you work with.
2: You're so right. You know, fellowship is really the key to, um, are being able to maintain sobriety, fellowship in AA, mm-hmm. or in a, a 12-step program. Yes. But, you know, with the young young people, their peers are mm-hmm. everything to them. Yep. And, um, you know, there's a saying, stick with the winners.
3: hmm
2: And I always tell them when they leave, stick with the winners. You're going to meet a lot of people. Yes. You know? Um, and if you make friends with someone who wants to go... Left, which is not the right way, and you know that in your heart, mm-hmm. versus going the right way, you know, you just got to say, hey, I can't do that right now. Yeah, Or I got other things to do. And you go with the crowd that's doing well, mm-hmm. the winners. But, you know, people, humans, humans love humans. We need to be with each other. Yes. Alcoholism is a isolating disease. Yes, yes you know and so we do want to hang out with other people who are doing what we're doing
3: mm-hmm.
2: you know misery loves company
1: that's right and it's so, amazing how you can find those people when you are miserable they seem to show up in droves they right? show You're up d- <laughs> and then it
2: makes us feel right at
1: home Yeah, it keeps you it keeps you stuck right i could whatever i wanted to drink it was amazing how i could go to the bar and i'd have 10 friends and we'd all be you know, now you go places, and I'm like, man, I don't, I don't run into people like that anymore. Right?
2: <laughs> we don't make instant friends like uh, we used to. No, not at all. Oh, yeah, man, it, it is. It is. Friendships so- are very special. Yes. And I tell them, you are ready. You are getting ready to have more fun than you could ever dream of mm, and yes. it doesn't include alcohol and drugs. Yes. In- you're gonna meet up with people and you're gonna you're gonna do things as a group that you would never imagine doing. Right. You know, let's go bowling, yep. let's go to a conference, you know, and listen to some speakers. Mm-hmm. Let's go to, you know, speaker meetings. Let's go to different meetings. Let's go, you know, let's go meet some people who are clean and sober. And, you know, the truth is we're a fun group of people.
1: Yeah, there's no question. It's just not. I think we're even more fun because alcohol is not involved and you get to be your real, true and authentic self, right? It is so. I was probably one of the least transparent people. But now that I'm I'm sober, I'm I'm much more transparent and I value my relationships more. Right. And then if you look at the people that I hung around with then versus the people that I hang around with now, like you said, you get with the winners if you want to win. Well, yeah. I, I, I truly believe, you know, now I, I have the right people around me, uh, despite having to change the people, places, and things. And then I want to talk about this uh, as we kind of come up on a break is talk about the coping skills you guys teach the 18 to 24-year-olds because that's so important to getting and staying sober.
2: Well, you know, we teach them grounding techniques because a lot of them do have anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, So we teach them how to just kind of, you know, take take those breaths, just stop, you know, pretty much like we were talking about before we started this podcast mm-hmm. about how life just gets to, to fly and by. Yes. And we can get caught up in that and get kind of, you know, rattled. Mm hmm. Or we can say, you know what? I need to just stop for a moment. Yes. Take that deep breath. You know, be thankful. Mm-hmm. Be grateful for what I have right now. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, we teach them, you know, the, the, the art of fellowship. Yes. yes. You know, call a friend, mm-hmm. you know, you can have new families, mm-hmm. you can have new families in recovery. Yes. You know, moms and dads and mm-hmm. grandmas and grandpas and aunts and uncles, you know, cause not all of us grew up in great homes, right. but you know, I had a lot of mothers when I got sober Yeah, and they taught me a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we te- we teach them, you know, coping skills, you know, mm-hmm. tell the truth. Yeah, Tell the truth, and then you don't have to backtrack.
1: That's right, and you don't have to remember what you said. That's <laughs> hey, that's a good word, right? That's a good word. So we're that's such a good word that we're going to wrap up on that, and we're going to have more with Mary on the other side. Be right back.
0: We'll be back with more of From Beer to the Bible, right here on The Word, 100.7 FM. Finding addiction help is intensely personal and the differences in options may not be immediately clear. Hampton Ministries was founded with the intent to provide people struggling with substance and behavioral issues with guidance to find the best environment for their well-being and recovery. Our main focus is to help those who use drugs and alcohol to break free and learn to cope with life circumstances. Hampton Ministries provides a rehab welcome kit to provide crucial resources to make their journey a success. Utilizing Lonnie Hampton's principles of character, work ethic, and selflessness, participants learn to hold themselves accountable. We want to help each individual obtain the life skills necessary to live a happy, successful, sober life. If you or a loved one is wrestling with substance abuse and needs help finding treatment or to donate, please visit hamptonministries.org. That's HamptonMinistries.org. Welcome back to From Beer to the Bible. Here's your host, Irvin Lee.
1: Welcome back. This is Irvin Lee, your host of From Beer to the Bible. We're going to allow Mary to close us out. We've truly enjoyed you, Mary, and may God continue to richly bless you. Take us home.
2: Irvin, what I want the public to know is treatment is available. Mm-hmm. Okay, I want parents to be more aware of what's going on with their their young people. Yes. You know, there's a lot of temptation out there in the world. hmm And they really need adults to check on them. Yes. Um, that, that in itself would keep them from going off on these wild goose chases. Okay. And treatment is available. There's lots of different treatment facilities. Uh, you know, here at La Hacienda, we promote abstinence, Okay. full abstinence, and, uh, you know, getting involved in a 12-step program, having a sponsor and a large group of good friends. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with God at the middle, in the middle, you can we can do anything. Yes. Yeah, it's not easy, but there's a step-by-step guide mm-hmm. on how to do it. Yes. And once you get to the other side, you look back and you go, oh, my gosh. You know, what a wonderful opportunity I've been given.
1: Yes. Mary, how can our uh, listeners reach you and La Hacienda?
2: Well, Irvin, let me give you a toll-free number. Mm -hmm. It's Mm 1-800-749-6160. So call our people. They'll be glad to help you.
1: Well, that is great, Mary, and very well said. And we look forward to having you back on the show again and you and La Hacienda continue all of the great
2: work that you're doing. Thank you so much, Irvin. God bless you.
1: And I want to leave you today with the love, I love you, the faith is in Christ Jesus, and the hope is found in the Lord our God. May God always richly bless
0: you. Thank you for listening to From Beer to the Bible with host Irvin Lee. To learn more, visit FrombeertotheBible dot There you can catch past episode podcasts and find other resources. That's Frombeertothebible dot com.